What's up, folks? This is Life Person Podcast. This is Sincere Hogan, my man Mike Mahler. After a whirlwind weekend, I mean, I know you guys have already heard like our last episode 100, which is pretty much the episode right before the big LLA Podcast Summit, and we're still trying to recover from that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, we had a really good time this past weekend in Vegas. We had Ken Blackburn, Steve Cotter, our friends Chris Reed, my friend Christos Dimitros. All of us had a great time instructing, hanging out with students from all over the world, people from Saudi Arabia, people from the UK, people from Australia, people yeah. from all over the US. So it was a fun time. And what's cool is the workshop's over, and now we have another great guest on the podcast today. Yep. And we're always looking to bring you people with unconventional backgrounds. We're not always going to have fitness people on, people that are doing interesting things, people that have lives that are different than the norm. And today we have a, a great guy on who's the front man of one of my favorite bands growing up and still one of my favorite bands, and that's New York City hardcore legendary Madball. And these guys have some great training songs. For those of you that love intense music, you just want something to get you into that state, to have a killer workout, check out some of Madball songs such as Born Strong, Heaven Hell, Set It Off, The Beast, Stand Down Up. By law. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> killer tracks that'll just get you. It's one of the best bands for those of us who love working out. Yep. Now, also, some of their best bands are, I mean, actually, some of their best albums are out. Their Hardcore Lives, their latest one is... I think it's my favorite Madball record, and that's saying a lot because they have some great records such as Legacy, which is another one that's just a classic. But also the lead singer of the band, Freddie, he also has a lot of versatile talents. He's yeah. done hip-hop as well. He has a killer album called Catholic Guilt. We'll definitely talk to him about that today. But before, without any further ado, Freddie, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm well, man. Thanks for the kind words, man. Appreciate it. Oh, it's a cool, pleasure. Huh? You know, I've been I've been a fan of you since I was in high school. I remember when a friend of mine showed me this record with this demon-looking kid on it. <laughs> and it said Ball of Destruction. And I was like, who's this kid? And then I looked into you guys a little bit further, and, I, and I, I saw the connection to the Legends Agnostic Front. And I'm curious, how did this whole thing happen for you? Because you were only 12, and here you yeah. are in this band in the New York, the legendary New York hardcore scene. Yeah, I mean it's a it's very appropriately titled <laughs> Ball of Destruction. I was a destructive kid at that stage. Um, yeah, I mean you know it, it really just happened by default, you know, by family connections. You know, my brother was entrenched in the in the in the you know he was one of the pioneers, I would say, of the early New York scene. You know, mm -hmm. um, I mean he's still at it, so you know, um, but uh, yeah, you know, so he was he was he was in he was involved. Uh, you know, with Agnostic Front and a few other bands before that. But, you know, he was, you know, he was coming up when the scene was coming up and, you know, he brought me into the mix and, you know, he's got about 11, 12 years on me. So, you know, I was just a, I was just a little kid, man, along for the ride. And, uh, I really, uh, took to it. You know, I really, uh, I really enjoyed every aspect of it, you know, not just the music, the aggression of the music, um, which I did enjoy, you know, I don't know how common it is for a little kid to get into that, to, uh, <laughs> that sound, but I loved it. Um, but besides that, I guess it was just the whole rebellious element of it. The whole, you know, it was a crazy lifestyle. I mean, these guys were living on the streets. It's not even, you know, forget cliches and everything else. That's just the reality of what it was. You know, it was all guys from all walks of life, meeting on the les and you know guys were literally you know uh living day to day and living on the streets and i got to you know see it firsthand 
and absorb it. And, you know, anytime I came to New York, you know, I wasn't living in New York at that moment, but, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I wasn't living, you know, on the, you know, streets literally mm-hmm. of New York City at that point. I mean, I was a little kid. I was lived with my parents, you know, I lived with my other siblings. But, um, yeah, I mean, I got a real, real, real good dose of it. And then, uh, you know, that just kept happening. You know, I just, you know, you know, first happened when I was seven years old in the early 80s. And then it, it happened later on. And then, uh, you know, that's just sort of what sparked Madball, you know, on, 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 on one of those trips, I, I, I got on stage and sang a song with AF and that led them to want to do a f- band with me singing. And, you know, that led to what it is, you know, the story, the rest is history. Yeah. On one hand, it must be it was it's quite a launching point to have Roger Merritt as your brother and then to be that closely involved with Agnostic Front. And then at the same time, you're you're stuck in their shadow. How hard was it to define <laughs> to create your own identity where people don't say, yeah, you know, Madball, though, they're 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 a side project of Agnostic Front. Yeah, uh, we, we were a side project for a lot of years, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's. I think in some people's eyes, we're still a side project, which it's cra- it would be do you, crazy. Do you still get that a lot, Freddie? Do you, when you tour, do people still associate you with Agnostic Front and and ask you about that? Absolutely, they yeah. associate us, but it's not so much it's not so much the side project thing anymore. Right. You know, what I mean, I think you know, it's like the generations have turned over, you know, many times over by now, and so it's like I think people are, you know, finally like have you know, are giving us our own, you know, are, you know, giving us credit for creating our own lane, you know, within the scene, you know, and, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I never really had a problem with being a side project of Agnostic Front because I just, you know, when we did it, that's what it was. It was a side project of Agnostic Front. It was fun. I was just a little kid, just, right. you know, uh, having fun with these guys. I, I didn't, at that stage in my life, I wasn't thinking of doing this as a career or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So right. it was like, I didn't mind it at all. I mean, I, I was basically, you know, like for a little while, I was like a, a, a mascot of sorts with Agnostic <laughs> right. yeah. you know, Before I was Madball, they called me Agnostic <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and, and I didn't mind it. I mean, I, I had my own identity. I knew, I knew I was, you know, I had my own personality. I had my own way of being. I had my own identity, you know. But you know how it is, man. When you have an older sibling, everyone's always going to compare you to that to that sibling, no matter what it is, no matter what it is in life that you do. You know, right. it's like if you happen to go into the same, you know, if you if we were if we were in the fight game or something, you know, and right. it, 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 you yeah. know, it, 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 they would try to find a comparison. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. It's like have it, the same it, expectations. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Even if you have a mentor who's famous, right? Exactly. Like someone someone who took you under his wing and then you go off in your own way, people are yeah. still going to – it could be 10 yeah. years later and they're still going to go, oh, what was that like working with so-and-so? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and so it's the same thing. So we were in the shadows for a long time. But, I, you know, just you know when we started doing our thing, especially by the second release, Dropping Many Suckers, and then by the first release in 94, the Set It Off record, yeah. I think – by the by the time we put out especially set it off yeah i think we started to show people that wait a minute this is not agnostic front this is another animal you know this is a different approach you know i was always more like hip-hop like my brother was always more punk i was more hip-hop you know what i right. mean like we're both and, and you can you can yeah, hear yeah, that yeah, influence yeah. in your band yeah, yeah one thing i like about madball so much is that you you guys have strong rhythm strong bass you can really feel you can really hear the drumming the rhythm and the bass in it. So it has, and even your vocals have a, a real hip hop feel to it on a lot of the songs. 
Yeah, it never really was intentional, but I think it just happens because right. you know I, I love that I love that 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 genre and, and that culture so much that I guess it's just subconsciously when I would write for Madball, I would sort of come out in a you know sort of rappy kind of format, you know, and uh, you know it is what it is, you know. Now that I actually do hip hop, I, I, I you know it's it's not the same thing at all, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a different game. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean you know we always had a little bit more of the, you know, I don't know for lack of a better way of saying it, like that kind of a more hip hoppy kind of feel, you know, right. where like AF is more hardcore punk. We yeah, were more yeah. just hardcore groove with kind of a different kind of bounce, you know? Yeah. So yeah. we're just, it's a different band. It's two different bands, you know, totally it's, it's, different. It's yeah. two different animals, you know, but same family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can feel, you can hear the influence, especially with your vocals and especially with the early albums, you can really hear the agnostic front influence. But as time progressed, you could definitely see that Madball started defining their own sound that was completely different, especially your later stuff, stuff that you're doing currently. I'm curious yeah. with this with this whole Roadrunner Records, okay? That's a, that's a major record label that right. you guys signed with in 1994. And I was watching this documentary with you, and you were talking about how you still had to do a lot of jobs on the side to get by. And I think a lot of people will be blown away by that because they're thinking, okay, these guys hit it. These guys have made it now. They're on a metric. They're on, they're on a major record label. I bet they're getting all kinds of support. Probably living in a nice pad now. And yeah. that's not the reality, though, is it? Well, that's not the reality. I mean, nowadays it, we're getting closer to that reality, but it's only because you know we've stuck with it so long and like we've made this our lives, we've made this our careers. So, you know, you know, we're, we're starting to reach some goals as adults that we need to reach because it's like we have families to take care of families to support and it's like you got to make it happen one way or another you know but for many 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 years you know it's really just we did it for the passion you know for for it was just it was an outlet and you know our love for doing it you know our love for the music for the culture for the scene you know it was like um yeah, I mean, just because we were on Roadrunner definitely, you know, we didn't mean we were we, we hit it big by any means. I mean, <laughs> the genre in itself is not a main, you know, it's an underground scene of music, you know, it's right. an underground genre, you know, and it's like, even if we're at the top, you know, of of our, you know, genre or in, or in that top, whatever, you know, five of bands or 10, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's still not you know, in the big, in the grand scheme of the music world, it's still not saying all that much. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's the work. I always say it's the working class genre of the music world, man. It's really like, you know, the guys that are digging the trenches, you know, but like people show respect, you know, people give respect, people, you know, always give props, metal, metal bands, this band, that band, you know, but like, you know, we're still, down there digging, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. this is funny. You brought, no, oh, ahead, oh, sorry, Mike. No, it was just funny that you brought up Roadrunner Records, man, because actually, like, right during the time you guys put out, like, set it off and all that, you know, most a lot of times those labels really look to instead of like the commercial radio stations, they look more toward the stations like we were on community radio and college radio at that time and looking to right. us to you know to break those artists, man, and then just kind of hope and just see like let's see if these if these guys get a good underground following and then we'll determine if we want to try to 
give them a major push or whatnot. I had a buddy that worked over at Roadrunner, um, Jim Mahoney, back during that time, man. So he was really trying to push a lot of underground hip hop stuff at the same time. And he'll just slide in like to my buddy because we were so diverse. He knew that we were into all this other music. He would like give us things like, like, hey, man, check this out. Let us know what you think about this music. We're like, oh, man, this shit is banging. And he was like, well, you think you can, you think you can play it or tell some of the other DJs? <clears throat> Excuse me. If they could play it as well. So they pretty much had him kind of like a, a guy more like a liaison, you know. So, hey, talk to those hip hop guys. You know, these guys got like a got like a hip hop feel to them. See how they feel about that. It's college radio. They'll give it a chance. You know, it's just so <laughs> right, funny right. how to use guys like him, whereas they would go to any guys that go to the major radio stations wouldn't even bring it up. <laughs> you know, just yeah, like, like yeah. you know, I mean, they wouldn't bring it up at all, man. So it's just so okay. funny how they would do that back then. Well, it's funny, and 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 you know, I mean, you know, the one thing I will say, I mean, it is street music. You can't deny that. Sure. I mean, it, it was it was a it was a it was a genre that was, you know, it, that was born in you know literally in the streets. At least as far as New York goes. I mean, you know, sure there were suburban kids involved. There were all kinds of people involved, but you know, the mecca of where it was, the heart, the core of of of, of where it was all happening was, you know, in the gritty part of town and in, in, in the les and so it, it's it's street music you know so right. and, and there's some comparisons i guess you could say to hip-hop but i mean obviously well nowadays i mean look where hip-hop is it's massive you know it's exactly. pop you know it's crazy yeah. right but uh but um you know hardcore still is still is still uh you know you know i i can't say it hasn't grown though you know because globally speaking you know it it, it it's definitely um, it's definitely grown. You know what I mean? Globally speaking, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's much bigger than it was, you know, right. many years ago. Um, and I got to give Roadrunner some credit because like, like, you know, what you were saying, they did have people that really tried to push, you know, bands like, you know, our band and other certain other bands. I mean, they really did go for it. I mean, it's in everybody's best interest, right? You know, exactly. so, yeah. so they, 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 they made an effort and it did actually translate in some places, especially Europe, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, you know, what the scene is like over, you know, as far as globally now, and also like the current state, like of hardcore here in the U.S. compared to globally, because it tends right. to seem like, especially overseas in Europe, even back then with underground hip hop and all that, you have a lot of artists now who still have some life to their careers due to the fact that they had such a following overseas and they were so receptive to those guys twenty years ago. A, a band like De La Soul is still on tour now, you know, in hip hop, <laughs> right. they can go anywhere and still sell out a stadium or whatever. Whereas they can come back to the U.S., they'll be lucky. They'll be lucky if they can have a lot and have enough to show up to it <laughs> you know because so i was i was gonna ask you how is that for you guys when you go overseas and how receptive they were then and now compared to what's going on here in the u.s well I, you know i, I it's 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 sad it, what you're saying it, it's sad but true with certain with certain things you know what i mean it, it, the, uh, europe <clears throat> you know they really they don't just buy into the the the, the music or like the latest trend they really subscribe to the whole culture that's attached to it like i have to i have to give them credit you know they really they're really about it you know they're really about the you know and 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 that's the sad part of like the states you know the states is sometimes can be very fickle you know what i mean about like you know uh you know music genres that actually have like a subculture attached right. to it you know what i mean it's like it, it, they could just like they just want to hear the, the song that's being played over and over again on every station that's it's kind of it's kind of crazy it's kind of a mindless thing but yeah. um oh, it is. But in, Europe, in Europe in Europe they 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 you know I mean I'm not saying that we're top 40 level in Europe either <laughs> um but at, but but you know there we're definitely more um it's we're definitely more respected I don't know if respected right. is even the right word but just you know uh 
we have we have a bigger following there for sure and then the whole festival circuit you know we've been playing that circuit for years so once you start playing the festival circuit that that brings you to another place as well you know and 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 you know certain places in the you know like the states it has a lot to learn from places like europe uh, you know not to say that we don't have good shows in america still because we we go to places and and have good shows but it's just different you know uh, you know on the in, on a on a general scale you know yeah i think we're so divided over here in this country because of just what radio and with record labels and the music industry and all the charts and all that dictate to us like for example even on road runner you have someone like slipknot you have this people that follow slipknot but they won't dare listen to stone sour you know and then yeah. you got the stone yeah. sour crowd that won't even touch slipknot and they won't even realize like same lead singer you know, so who yeah, are you so uh, like? Yeah, it's like who are you really into here? They're they're more yeah. into a you know a, a certain look and a certain certain sound, but not necessarily into the band itself. And so, in my mind, how can you call yourself a fan that way? Because sometimes these guys have to break out and do other things because right. they have other things on their mind as far as creativity. Is like, look, dude, I, Corey's like, okay, I kind of want to go here, but I don't want to have to bring try to get Slipknot to go here with me. And I think that what that's what happens to a lot of bands where they end up start breaking up. Somebody gets an idea in their head, like I want to try this. And you guys should be trying it with me because we're a band, right? You know, I think that's the problem. You know, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. We most definitely couldn't get away with. It. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean that's true. Though, because when if if you don't at the same time if you don't stay in your genre, then that's going to be the end of your band. I always think hmm. of the Chromax for that. You had Age of Coral, one of the best hardcore bands ever, and then those guys started going into different territories, and they just lost momentum. And then, of course, there's many reasons. Their inner the bands had a lot of turmoil, inner sure. turmoil as well, yeah. but. Agnostic Front, Madball, you guys didn't spread too far wide where you lose your core audience. And then, for example, you, Freddie, when you wanted to do something different, such as your rap stuff, you made that a separate project rather right. than someone buys a Madball record and then all of a sudden it's all hip hop. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that I still use my name, I think some people got bummed about it, you know, because I was really? really thinking, what alias could I have or use, <laughs> you know, to try to, to separate myself from from that. But I mean, even in like other circles i was known as freddie madball so it was like what am i gonna call my you know what i'm saying what am i gonna try to call myself like you know the stealth bomber or something like what am am i gonna start making up like a crazy name for myself you know like it's like it it was weird to me and not organic to try and make a name up not that there's anything wrong with having an alias or another name but for me personally I was referred to that, you know, like a lot of people referred to me as Freddie Madball, even outside of hardcore. So I was just like, I ran with that. You know what I mean? But, you know, some people are bummed about it. Some the more open minded people like us, <laughs> uh, you know, appreciate the different aspects of people, you know. Yeah, you well, save I mean, yourself a lot of trouble, man, by doing that. I mean, exactly. look at hip hop, all the eight. about one hip hop artist, even though he stays in the same genre, have about 50,000 AKAs. You know, yeah. talking about Sean Combs, AKA Diddy, well, I, AKA PD, you know, yeah, Puff oh, Daddy. Yeah. It's like, dude. It was two chains. Little, uh, something else. Two chains was uh, uh, Titty Boy or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think two chains is better than Titty Boy. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't call a grown ass man Titty Boy. I'm sorry. Yeah, Titty Boy sounds like a guy who's had, he's had estrogen dominance for way too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, now he's got a pair. <laughs> And that, 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 that was a Rick good, good more like Titty Boy to me, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> no, but your hip hop album, Catholic Guilt, to me, that's one of my favorite rap albums that I've heard in a long time because it's Thanks. it's just like New York City Hardcore. It's pure positivity, which is what got me into New York City Hardcore many years ago. And how is 
How difficult was, I mean, how did your audience, let's just, let me just keep this question simple. How did your audience receive that album? Did you find a lot of your Madball fans came over and liked it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm finding now more and more people are um, coming up to me and asking me when I'm going to put out another one. Right. And so to me, that's sort of saying like, you know, at least the people that are asking me were feeling it, you know, because, um, you know, at first it was mixed, you know, it's like you have those people that are like hardcore purists or yeah, like yeah. heavy music. They just like heavy music. They just right. like metal or whatever. You know what I mean? The, you know, they like punk metal and Madball. you know what I mean? Like, um, so it's like, you know, of course I'm going to bum some people out, but Hey, what are you going to do, man? I, I, like I said, I grew up listening to hip hop. I grew up like loving that whole scene, that whole culture. So it's like, I had to get that off my chest, you know, and I plan on doing more. Uh, but but now I'm starting to feel like maybe peop, some people needed to like, you know, it needed to settle in with some people because I'm getting a lot of requests now about, hey, when are you going to do another one? What, what's up with your next hip hop thing? And I'm like, uh, it kind of feels good because, you know, I'm at a Madball show and I'm being asked about my hip hop stuff. I, yeah. I was like, that, that's cool. You know, like I, I appreciate it. And then, you know, the underground hip hop heads that I know, you know, had cool things to say about it and like you know want to do collabos and so i'm like all right there's some sort of like all right I, I'm, I'm heading in the right direction you know yeah. uh, and it can only get better from this point you know yeah did you find that people got into your hip-hop music who had never heard of you and then they went on to find out about madball i think there definitely had to be even if it's a small contingency there had to be yeah. some because yeah. you know like i said i was tied in with a couple of underground uh hip-hop guys so i'm sure they you know caught a glimpse of me with whoever you know what i mean and then uh went and checked out madball and who knows i mean hopefully they like hopefully they like what they saw you know what i mean <laughs> either way it works for scene. me yeah and the work is around yeah. that scene quickly you know you get someone like a guy like mf doom you know he'll He's so obscure with his taste in music, but there's so many underground hip hop fans that follow him. If he says, hey, man, you know, like they'll ask in an interview, like, what do you listen to right now? Well, I'm listening to Madball. The underground scene, you know, hip hop, they're going to go and run like, who's Madball? Yeah, who's Madball? Get some people checking for <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. And then next, you know, everybody's blasting about this. Like, hey, man, check this out. Check this out. And that word gets around <laughs> quickly. You know, next thing you know, yeah. you got a whole new you got a whole new audience sitting out there, you know, during a show. You're like, who are these guys with backpacks on and all this other stuff? Like, who the hell are they? So yeah. the word got out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, and there's some kids that do both, you know, there's, yeah. there's there's a contingency that's like hardcore kids and hip hop kids yeah. like we were growing up, you know, so yep. it's cool, man. You know, it's, it's, it works. Now, I'm curious, how is how has the Internet changed the whole thing for you? You've been around. You've been on the scene for so long that you've seen. The pros and cons that came with the internet yeah um well you know it, there's a lot of great things uh, about it as far as like you know i mean you can see where we are you can communicate you know uh um you know you can you can you can look us up and find out everything you want about us right. you know about our band where we're going to be playing next you know it's it, it's great it's an informative platform it's great for for that you know what i mean and uh you know uh, you know, you have people all over the world now that can, you know, they don't have to wait till you go there exactly. I mean, sure. obviously, the live show is the live show. You can't take anything away from the live show is where it's at. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. But um, there's nothing like seeing it live. But, but still, you know, people from Indonesia can check up on you and see what you're doing. You know, what, you know, you can go on YouTube and catch you playing in germany somewhere you right. know if somebody recorded it so it, it's cool in the sense that you know um 
there's a lot of awareness, you know, it creates more awareness for, for the band, you know, right. I mean, obviously we know what it did to the, to the recording, you know, to the, to the record, you know, yeah. companies, you know, it definitely diluted that aspect. It, of I'm it. curious how that affected <laughs> yeah, you guys, though, yeah. because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how strong, how much money did you guys make off record sales even before the internet? So I'm wondering Not, how, not much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that. That's where yeah. I'm going. Is I'm wondering how much the internet really. I would think that with underground music, the internet probably helped a lot because you're yeah. not making that much money off selling the music anyway. So the real bump bank is getting people to your live gigs. Yeah. And I, and I would imagine the more people can find out about you, the more likely they are to get to a like live. Gig. Yeah. I mean, you know, with the structure of the deals we signed back in those days, and we weren't the only band that signed the deals. It's just standard deals that weren't didn't really work in our favor. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, not to say that couple bucks don't trickle in here and there but you know it, it's just not structured in our favor but the reality mm-hmm. is it was a minimal you know it didn't really affect us as much as it affected the entire industry like you said you know and actually it helped us now like you know for example i started my own label and i released you know hardcore lives our new record i released it in the states through my label and like it sort of allowed people to become more independent you know right with that right. platform you know so in that regard it actually helped us you know what i mean but you know overall sales i mean madball wasn't the kind of band that was you know going to be some make getting gold records and stuff like that anyway. so I, <laughs> right. it wasn't it wasn't really you know it's a minimal you know uh effect on that side but yeah i don't know it's hard to say man it really it, it really didn't hurt us uh, directly all that much, you know, and in some ways helped us. <laughs> exactly. It was such yeah, a catch-22 you know. with RIA right. and all them during the early, like, 2000s with that stuff because, yeah, like I said, guys like yourselves in the position you were in, it would help you. It wasn't like you were making a lot of money from radio play or anything like that. And right. even the big giant artists out there who were selling millions and millions, it wasn't hurting them either because they were killing, selling out stadiums or whatever oh. else. So they were making all their money from their tours and merchandise and all that. So the only exactly. people that were getting hit in their pocket were the record labels. and But they would try yeah. to say, you know, you hurt the artist every time you bootleg or every time you share music. You're hurting the artist. You know, think about the artist. It's like, no, you never thought about the artist. You guys are ripping <laughs> yeah, them off no. left and right, but you got like, <laughs> you know, legalese to make sure they get ripped off. So, because, you know, you got the best CPAs in the world and the best lawyers in the world, but, you know, it's, it's bad. It's like game recognized game. There's no honor amongst thieves at that point. So, no, no, you know. and no. And they, and they, and the thing is, it just hurt their bottom line and they were making, you know, obscene amounts of money more than yeah. anyone else. So, when it started to affect that, you know, they started crying. Not to say that I really condone down, you know, stealing music because I even the little pennies and nickels that I yeah. get, I, you know, I support music like I buy music. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like right. I, I still encourage people to actually support the artist because, you know, and especially now that I'm putting out, you know, I'm putting out our own stuff, yeah. you know, on some level. I definitely encourage you to support us. Right. You're stealing it, like you're not really supporting us. And if any exactly. scene, and if any scene of music needs support, it's the little guys. You know right, what I mean? Right. right. So it's like you know, hey, you know, but you know, it, it's a toss up, man. Internet's been great in some ways, and 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 in other ways, you know, it's 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 you know, I mean, you know, it's also created a platform for a lot of people to 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 have you know personas and and be something that they're not too you know there's that whole oh, negative yeah. side of it where it's right. like you know whatever they call them trolls or whatever somebody <laughs> somebody was telling me they call them trolls like people <laughs> just go around and like talk negative stuff on oh, yeah. sites right, and yeah. like you know and they act like they're hard but they you know what i mean like they probably never left their house you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> Sitting in their mom's that's basement, a certainty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
know, like I grew up where like, hey, you know, you, you say something, you got to be able to back it up right. in person, right. you right. know, in person. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's like nowadays, like you can be the toughest, hardest guy in the world on the Internet, you know, and just completely make up stuff about people. And like, it's yeah. just it's just crazy. So that whole aspect of it is the aspect of it that I really, really dislike. Yeah. You know, I'm not really big on social media. Like, you know, I, I don't have like a personal like Facebook. Like, I just I don't have time or don't really not saying that there's anything against it i have family members that have them you know for each other and whatnot but like i can't really sign up with you know subscribe to all that personally you know what i mean like that's the side of it i don't really enjoy you know yeah yeah i'm I'm with you completely on that in fact to give you an analogy in our in our business the fitness business the plus side of the internet is it allows you to build a lot of awareness for your brand get people to your website get people looking at your information but at the same time it can cannibalize your business as well where People are just watching your clips on YouTube or they're reading your articles here. They're not going to buy any of your information products. They're not going to buy your book. They're not going to buy your videos. But at the same time, you can get more people to your live events, our live yeah. events, workshops, et cetera, because of the internet. It's a, I mean, I wouldn't be able to have a business like I have, which is – I mean, my fitness business is kind of like the equivalent of New York City hardcore in the fitness business. It's a niche within a niche within a niche. <laughs> yeah, niche within a niche yeah. within a niche. It has managed to work because of, the, yeah. because of the power of the internet where you can find all these people that it would have been impossible to find pre-internet. Okay. Truth, truth. And, and, and for that, I, I'm grateful. You know what I mean? It's like that, that, you know, that, that element of it is definitely, you know, sort of priceless on, on some levels, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we make, we make the most of this niche within a niche within a niche, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. we, you know, we, we got our, we, we got our hands in everything, you know? <laughs> I'm curious. I'm you curious know. why you think the whole New York City hardcore scene or just hardcore scene in general is not bigger. For example, thrash metal seemed to take off at a certain point where you have bands like Anthrax and Slayer that are pretty mainstream. I mean, they play pretty big gigs here in in Vegas. And I always felt that New York City hardcore is so much better than a lot of that stuff because it has such a positive message behind it. And then what I, what I always found cool about going to gigs back in the day is how accessible the bands were. And a lot of times the bands were hanging out in the audience before they went on. There wasn't this whole divide between, okay, we're the performers, you're the audience, make sure you stay in your place. Right. So right. I'm, curious, I'm curious from your perspective why you think it it's didn't. Really hard, it's really hard to say, man. I ask myself that question yeah. often, you yeah. know, and, and, and some bands I, I see, you know, because like I said, like I get to, you know, we, we're fortunate enough that we sometimes get to play these festivals, like we're involved in, you know, a lot of festivals, especially in Europe. And so, you know, you, you, you end up sharing the stage with like bands that are like, you know, really accomplished, you know, in their genres and whatnot. And like, you know, and sometimes I'm, I'm like, all right, I can see why that, you know, band is what, you know, you know, I can see why they are where they are. You know what I mean? Like I can, you know, and then there's other times when I see something and I'm like, how does that, how did that, you know, how, how, how did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like. They're not like putting anything into the show and it's kind of just yeah. coasting along, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. enough people are buying the records and enough people bought into it. And, but you know, it, it, you can't, I, at least for me, I can't allow myself to be like, you know, bitter about it or like hateful or anything sure. like that, because it's not like, yo, this is what, <clears throat> you know, this is what I chose. This is the lane that I chose, or maybe it chose me, whatever it is. Um, but, and, and, and like I said, I'm I'm gonna continue to progress and move forward and 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 do, you know, the my best and do the most that we can possibly do. And I still I feel like our band, 
you know, we're still growing, you know, even yeah. though we've been around 20 something years, yeah. I think, you know, in some ways, you know, uh, we're still, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're still a young pen, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's as crazy as that sounds because our genre has always been in that struggle, you know, but I really don't know how to answer that question. I don't know why certain metal acts, you know, are, you know, to, to some people would be better than like, you know, victim, uh, uh, you know, agnostic from victim pain or like Cro-Mags age of coral era. Like, I don't know why they would have, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's like, you're looking at two things and you go, that's the real shit right there. You know what I mean? And that's like, all right. You know, um, but it's just a matter of taste. You you think it's just like the the audience, the face of the audience just changed because let's just say the, the group, the audience that, checked you guys out in your early part of your career now these guys and that they're no longer kids or whatever they're now in their 30s and 40s and have families they kind of do like a lot of these politicians do like all these anti-drug politicians were the same ones that smoked up a bag i mean pounds and pounds of weed <laughs> yeah. at woodstock yeah. and had all this yeah. free sex but now they're all about abstinence and having to be the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, the yeah, core yeah. hardcore american family you know yeah. and you, so pre- pretty much now the same audience from the 80s is now going on in in that that hardcore era and gone on to be these prim and proper corporate America guys. And now their kids are pretty much, they've been raising all this commercialization and all this, this prepackaged music. And, yeah. and now that pretty much they're the ones that get a hardcore shirt from target now, you know, and walk <laughs> around with the Ramones or yeah. something like that. And they're like, yeah, I'm punk. Yeah. But you got that at yeah, target yeah, yeah. and that right there is so anti Ramones. <laughs> it's not even funny. So, yeah, yeah. It's not so even you got funny. this big gap, I think <laughs> between two of, you know, between the audience right here. And I think that may play a big part in it because there's so many of those kids who their parents didn't even tell them the history. It's like, yeah, okay. You're listening to that mad ball record, that agnostic front record. And it was like, Oh, you're into that. Oh, okay. And they'll just leave it alone. It's like, well, don't start acting like those kids did back then. Don't do what I, yeah. they don't actually go into the history. Like why those bands came out and what they were talking about at the time. They just try to, they try to wipe out that part of their history to their kids as if, you know, like, well, dad, did you ever smoke weed? Nah, well, no, I mean, people around me did. <laughs> yeah. They, never, they, they never say yes or no. They just say, well, some of my friends did back then. <laughs> That was it. Shows at CBGB's? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Those? <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe it's too real, you know, the scene. Yeah. Maybe it's too abrasive. Maybe it's too street. You know, you know, maybe it's just too, you know, maybe there's the lack of melody overall. It's not really, uh, you know, because there's not, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's not a, there's a lack of catchy uh, bands because I think right. there's tons of hardcore bands that have a lot of catchy songs you know what i mean so i wouldn't say it's that it's just hard to say man you know who knows maybe it's maybe the time is yet to come i don't know you know what i'm saying like i don't i don't don't really know how to gauge all that you know right yeah i think that's definitely true i think i think also that's why you got i think uh, intense music in general is a lot bigger in europe because i think people just seem to be a little bit closer in touch with reality there while in america it's (laughs) often the distraction game people want to distract themselves nonsense you know what's with all this angry music you know life's good here we're the best country in the world you know they don't want want hardcore music is so much about taking charge of your life and positive action and a lot of times people are thinking well i don't want it that sounds like a lot of hard work (laughs) (laughs) i I I just want to talk about parties and this and that yeah i want to forget about all the pain man you know yeah numb the pain exactly that's well said you know, but but to me, it's like, you know, hardcore is, is positive. Yes. But it, it just because, you know, it's turning the negative into the positive. You know, that's what it's about. You yeah. know, well, that's the what struggle I like about it is. Into- 
Yeah, that's the message I always got from it is turning negatives into positives. You know, yeah. that, that's a great way to summarize a lot of the hardcore music is because that's that's the lesson I really picked up from it and applied to many areas of my life. Yeah, because a lot of people had rough roads, you know, yeah. like, you know, not to get too personal or dig too deep, you know, but like, you know, there's some of us, you know, that have had it harder than others, you know, and and, 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 and that's not saying that, you know, I'm cooler than the next guy or whatever. I'm just saying like, you know, this was our outlet, you know, yeah. this was our platform. So we utilized all the negative things that we experienced, uh, whether it was self-inflicted or inflicted by others, whatever, you know, growing up, but, uh, and, and tried to, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, get it off our chest, man. And maybe, and maybe that, that, you no, know, give other people that same feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. a place to, a place to really get it out, you know? Yeah. Um, I, think, yeah I think that maybe another reason why, you know, the scene has changed so much because, the way things are now, there's so much technology and things are so accessible here in the West that they, there's not much struggle. Now, there could be people saying, oh, it's still struggling, it's still hard in the hood, it's still this, this, and this. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, they've taken that struggle and commercialized it to where it's hip. It's hip <laughs> right. to be broke. You know, it's hip to, you know, be, you know, to yeah. sit there and, you yeah. know, like, man, I can't, I had it rough, man. I was dealing on the corner, but now look where I am now. You know, I started yeah, yeah, from yeah. the bottom, now we're here, you know, and all this other stuff. They're making hits out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the struggle now seems yeah. like a gimmick. You know, that's yeah. their bottom. Their bottom was very different. Yeah, about, yeah, about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now people are trying to make up a struggle that never happened exactly. because right, it's trendy. Right. It's like you know what? I'm going to yeah. start telling people I was abused as a kid because that seems like the cool right. thing to exactly. do. You know, I was like on, that kind on, of mentality. Dude, I, was on, <laughs> I was on welfare exactly. too. I'm like, I was never on welfare. Now, what do you mean? So two? you went to private school? Man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, you know. It is what it is, you know. Now, now I got to ask you this, man. Seeing, you know, seeing that you got started in this at such an early age, and we, you know, we both worked in this industry. How did you navigate around all that extracurricular, you know, quote unquote stuff that went on in the scene, you know, especially at an early age, man? Because I know you probably saw a lot of stuff that most twelve-year-olds back then can't say twelve-year-olds <laughs> now who have access to porn and everything else, you know, on their phones. But back then, yeah. you know, you probably had access to some things that were going on that the average twelve-year-old probably was not even ready for or even knew existed like what the hell is that yeah is Lower that? <laughs> East Side was a rough place especially i mean especially when you grow up yeah yeah it was it was les you know like i said i wasn't like uh i didn't reside in the les at that young of an age i did i did i did reside there you know in my earlier teens and whatnot but uh but uh i still yeah i definitely saw some things that probably you know i experienced some things that these days you know people would probably call child services up and and, <laughs> and, and, and be like what, what's who are these you know who are these guys and why are this why is this little kid rolling with them and what the hell is this you know right. it, you know i mean but i was in good hands man my brother like i said my brother was a good amount older than me and everyone that you know his whole camp always looked out for me like yeah. you know i was everyone's little brother you know what i mean and uh you know you know my call my mom crazy my mom and dad crazy but they somehow you know somehow i slipped through the cracks like they allowed me to go and take these little adventures with my brother because they didn't really know the extent of what was going on themselves you know so it was like you know not just in the les what i saw there which i saw you know a lot of things but uh even traveling you know traveling with agnostic front and them on tour you know i mean and you're talking about this is the early days when they were just like making their way you know paving you know hitting new territories like you know what i mean like playing really 
crazy places, you know. I, yeah. I definitely witnessed some things, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. For whatever reason, I always had a little bit of, you know, even though I was just a, a young, rambunctious kid, I, I did have a certain level of maturity. Like, I kind of knew how to, you know, keep it cool and certain, you know what I mean? When I saw certain things, like obviously I wasn't going to go home and blab about what I saw because then that would, <laughs> my, that would ruin my chances of <laughs> doing it again. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of just like absorbed it and like it was a, it was a learning experience, man. You know, I saw I saw things that, that, that went on on the road that, that just like, yeah, like you said, man, and not the average 12 year old will, will, you know, would see. Uh, certain things that I've that I that I you know that I got to see, yeah. you know, and it's not all negative stuff, you know, just you know, but but you know, I, it it was a cool experience, man. Uh, I'm, um, you know, uh, I'm glad I got to see what I saw, you know. Yeah, school of hard knocks education. You it, can't, it taught me, can't yeah, it taught me. That's it. Well, it builds character, doesn't it? Right. So, yeah. so that that you know that that's how I look at it. I mean, you know. Now, were you going? Were you going to school during this time period? Were you going? Did you go through high school and all that, or did you just decide once you once you started going down this path of music? You said, you know what, this is my calling. I'm going for it. <laughs> well, I did that, but um, <laughs> when I was really young, I, I, when I would do the trips with AF and stuff like that, or when I'd be in the city or whatever, that was like, um, that was that was, you know, when I would be off from school. Right, you know, right. That that so that would be like you know in the spring or whatever summer, sure. whenever that whenever it is that you have breaks. Right. So th- th- those were the times when I was there. So it wasn't like an all year round situation. Right. Um. Um. You know, but when I got you know fifteen, sixteen years old, I got really, uh, really rebellious and all that, and I just you know uh, decided to just be in the city and you know do my thing there. But I did, I did go to high school for for a bit and because i sort of promised my mother that i was going to finish high school and sorry but i didn't keep that promise (laughs) Um, but i but i did you know just to appease you know her and like i tried you know and uh it just yeah man the the band started you know started touring and you know i don't know it just i just was like i I just ditched school which i regret i mean i ended up getting you know gd and so on and you know i ended up making up for it in that way but i do sort of regret that i didn't you know uh finish out school or maybe even go you know college or a little you know go to college for a little bit try that out you know i i I am regretful of that definitely don't want to encourage people to not um you know go to school you know what i mean yeah sure because you know that, that but that was my life you know that was that was how that I was think, the, i think the, sometimes when you find your calling though you just have to go with it i mean nowadays you're seeing a lot of people who graduate from high school where normally they would go right into college but they have a clear entrepreneurial vision and there's no point waiting around in the, another four years to execute that and they just right. go they just go for it they go right into it yeah i mean it, it did happen that way and you know to be honest like I, I didn't like i said even at that stage i didn't think oh this is going to be my career but but it was still things were happening you know what i mean like people were interested you know people were like you know we signed a you know we were like you know people were interested in our band and what we were about and what we were doing so you know you know i got to go to europe when i was like 16 years old you know 17 you know it's hard to really pass up on all that right right and be like oh i gotta go to school even though but school is important and i probably could have done both you know i i could have swung both but you know at that at that time you know it's like you yeah i was looking for any excuse to leave school let's let me keep it real let me keep it real (laughs) i I never liked school no now i'm regretful because i actually 
you know, you know, I have a three-year-old son and someday he's going to be in school someday soon, you know, and I don't want to to feel that same way, you know, but me, to me, school was always like, I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. I played soccer for a little bit in high school and that was like the best part of high school. Um, you know, like, and then after that it was like, all right, I'm out of here. You know, it was like, uh, you know, and then I, full blown into the music thing, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I don't encourage that, man, because I, I, I could have probably pulled it off. I could have probably pulled both off. And, and you know, I'm, I'm even thinking about doing some college, getting some college credits, like while I'm on the road kind of thing or from home, you know, like because I just regret that I didn't take school more seriously, you know, when I was younger. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like there's other ways to learn stuff, though, and that you just had this oh, traditional yes. path because your music is very cerebral. You know, it's not like you're some dumb guy. You're a very intelligent guy and that comes through your music. So I think that sometimes there's just different paths. I think a lot of times we go to school because we don't really know what we want to do with ourselves. And then we go to college because we still don't know what we want yeah. to do. You know, there, we keep, we keep delaying. Yeah, we yeah just what's your major? Delaying. Undeclared. I don't un, Undecided. Yeah. Because you don't know. Everybody's telling you what to go major in right. or whatever. And that's the reason why most most of these students stay undefined or undeclared up until like junior year or senior. Like, dude, okay. You're, this is going on year four. You need to pick something. Okay, so well, I, know, I know people with bachelor's degrees and this and that, and even masters, and like they like having they're ha- they're having trouble finding work. Like yes, it's like so kind of like you know it's true. Yeah, it's, so it's, there's some truth to what you're saying as well. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree. There's no knowledge like you know uh, life experience. You know what I mean? But I but I'm always you know, wanting to absorb more, you know what I mean? There's a lot to be said for, 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 you know, you know, learning, you know, you know, I don't have an MBA, you know what I mean? But I do know the business because I learned the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> you, know you know, I, I would hire a guy like you in a heartbeat, exactly. though, over an MBA. If I wanted to get into, like, like let's say I decided, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to put together a record label and start promoting bands and so forth. I would hire a guy like you in a heartbeat before yeah. I Go to hey, go to the Wharton I, yeah. Business School yeah, and say, yeah, I'm not trying to get an A and R guy coming straight out of Harvard. You know, I want a guy that's got like a proven track record. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. you've been out there, you've been out there in the streets, you've been out there amongst artists. You know what the buying public is into, what they are right. into in, at the shows. And I think that's a lot of things that has started out with a lot of successful hip hop um, record labels during the '90s or whatever, because. They didn't care about this A&R guy who just, hey, I just graduated from Columbia, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, how hardcore is, as far as hip-hop is, at Columbia? What can you tell me about <laughs> hip-hop at Columbia, dude? Really? <laughs> you know, so you got you got a lot of guys who used to be artists or they were DJs, and they got put into those positions with those labels because they were the ear to the street. They understood what was going on. Not some consultant in Nashville trying to tell people in Compton, this is what you want to hear on the radio. You know, you can't tell me that, dude, when you're sitting there in your nice little home up in the hills in another part of the country in a deep south. And I'm over here on the West Coast in the hood. You can't tell me that what I want to hear. And that's what's happening right now with the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, it, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things, man. I guess you finding the happy medium is a good one. You know, yeah. just yeah. having the life experience and also maybe a couple of things under your belt. So, you know, that's how I want my son to come up. You know what I mean? I want him to have the lights. You know, he's not going to ever have the experiences I had. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, uh, on many levels. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I want him to travel and learn about things, you know, uh, you know, firsthand, you know, but also, yeah. you know, hey, go to school, man. Learn some things. You know, there's some good things you can get out of it. You know, yeah, no that doubt. kind of deal, you know. I think being pro-education is important, and that's what we're all saying here is that maybe some people go through school to get it. Maybe it's a different path for other people. But, you know, someone like you, you started in this band 
you started down this path when you were 12. And what are you about 37 now? 38, something like that. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, well, 37. <laughs> no, let's let's stick to 37. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm 38. I'm 38, and I'm actually going to be 39 uh, next. Uh, no, November. Yeah, because so. we're around around the same age. Yeah. I remember when the first Madball record came out. But that Robert Green says you have to put in 10,000 hours to get. Actually, not Robert Green. Michael Gladwell. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. There's yeah. a couple of different guys who say you have to yeah. put in 10,000 hours of concerted effort to reach mastery, and you reached that a long time ago. Nice. Like you're, you're probably at 30,000 hours or so. <laughs> so, I mean, there are there are some benefits of starting really but young. we're talking about <laughs> hardcore hours, so that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like different. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt about that. And one thing that's interesting is you. I heard in an interview you described hardcore as an extreme sport. And yeah, yeah. It, because yeah. I, I always feel that someone could, if someone, if you guys had a live album, and they watched your stage energy. Someone could buy that, put it in the player at home, and they could just they could just try to mimic your moves, and that would be a workout, you know? Because <laughs> you have serious you have serious stage energy, and that's the other thing I liked about a lot of hardcore bands like Sick of It All and Chromaz, Agnostic Front, and your, you guys. You guys have incredible stage energy that you don't see with a lot of metal bands where they just go through the motions. Well, I, I think you know I'm not talking about myself here. I'm just saying in general as a, as a as a genre, I guess. Um, Really, I don't think there's there's I don't think you can match the energy of hardcore. You know what I mean? And 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 I love, you know. Let me clarify. I love you know besides hip hop, I love music in general. I love like many genres of music. I love music as a whole. You know, um, but there's nothing. There's quite there's nothing like you know the energy at a hardcore show. You know what I mean? Like there's no style of music that can really capture that. And I'm not just saying us. I'm saying in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just very upbeat very i mean you know the the you know at least for you know uh most of us the guys that you mentioned you know what i mean you have to really feel the music and that's what it is it's like you sort of you know you know you let the music take you over and 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 that's that's i think one of the attractions of 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 this style of music you know the people it's like you know i feel like it, it it has to be energetic. Like I, yeah. I can't picture it being any other way. You right. know what I mean? Right. You know, but it's unmatched. Like if you compare it to like metal or other stuff, it's like it, it's not. You can't. You can't compare. You know what right. I mean? Like the heavy right. music world or whatever. It's like it, there's no comparison. You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, again, I'm not talking about Madball. I'm talking about as uh, as a whole. You know, it's just uh, you know that that I will give props to hardcore for. I mean, it, 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 that just goes hand in hand with the music. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Is there is there any kind of physical training regimen you use to stay in shape? Because you've maintained some real longevity. You're still killing it, and you've been doing it for so many years. Um, my 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 secret right now is my son. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> my training regimen yeah. is my son who just turned three. Uh-huh. He's like getting to the stage where he's got a lot of energy yeah, and he buddy. wants to move around and and you know i but he still wants to be picked up so he's like 40 pounds and i'm like <laughs> up, you know and but he's running and so yeah, yeah. Um, but no I, I you know i i guess it's like anything man you gotta take care of yourself you know somewhat you know what i mean it's like you know uh, you, you, have a, you have a strong interest in boxing don't you haven't you done I, that for a while i did yeah, I, yeah I, I i still do no i shouldn't say i did i love boxing <laughs> Um, I just don't get around to doing it as much as I did at one point. Um, I think for me playing soccer as a kid was helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, and also boxing, you know, when I was doing, you know, uh, at at one stage in my life, I was going to the gym and working out and doing boxing. So like those things definitely kept me in shape, even if I was 
at night I'd be out and about going crazy with my friends doing dumb stuff. You know, I still had that balance, you know. Right, um, right. Nowadays, I don't get into a gym as much as I would like to, and, and, and I'm going to remedy that very soon. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, man, all that, you know, any, any, you know, like I said, I started out, you know, playing sports as a kid and stuff like that. So I think that I had that foundation. So I think that that, for me personally, that helped. You yeah, know, yeah. that helped. Um, and it still does. You know, it still helps, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, you got you got to, you know, you, you know, you got to take care of yourself somewhat. You know, uh, I don't eat meat anymore. You know, things like that. That's a personal yeah. choice. But, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I I'm actually I eat fish. I, I'm a pescatarian. You know, yeah, I know for some people that's like, ah, man. You know, go all the way, dude. You know, <laughs> well, I just love feel, seafood too much. Man. Yeah, you have right. to you have to find your own path, or whatever yeah, works right. for you. Yeah. That's that's well, always hard nutrition advice. Yeah, little things like that. You know, sure. I'm, I try, man. I make my, I make my. You know, I try. You know, no doubt. Well, hey, we know you're really busy, so I'll I'll, I'll just leave you one more question, and then we'll let you go here. Was yeah. there? I'm just curious. Is was there ever a time during your career where you said, you know what, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of it. I'm just going to get into something else. And yeah, if, just yesterday. <laughs> really? <laughs> There's got to be times where you're just going, man. It's hard. I'm tired. <laughs> it, yeah, I say that to myself. You know, um, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't ask myself that sometimes. Especially now. You know, I have my, you know, every time I leave, I got to leave my wife and son. Right. Um, and even though I don't tour like we used to, you know, we'd, we'd be gone for six, eight weeks, 10 weeks. You know, we, we, you know, there was times in our lives when we would tour extensively. We still tour a lot. We still cover a lot of ground, but we do it at a more civilized pace. You know, we do yeah. 10 days, two weeks, come home, five days. You know, we do little short stints, right. and that makes it that much more doable. Um, but, you know, it's hard, man. Every time I got to leave my family, I leave my son, I got tears in my eyes. I got, you know, that stuff makes it my doing, you know, and then, I, you know, but then sometimes, you know, you go and you play a show and you get some, you know, you, you get some sort of affirmation, confirmation that, all right, I know why I'm doing this, you know, right, like, right. Um, I, I'm, I, I do love the feeling of playing shows. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I, I still do get a lot out of that. It does, it does, you know, not only physical you know, it, it, it does things for me physically and mentally, you know, it's right. therapeutic for me, you know, no doubt. Um, so, it, it, you know, I still, I think the day I stop enjoying the actual performance side of it, mm-hmm. you know, then that's the day we consider, you know, not doing it. But, uh, but I still love what I do. We, we all do. It's just, it's yeah. hard, you know, other aspects of your life come into play sure. it makes it hard you know it makes it hard you know and then and you know sometimes you feel good like you accomplish you know and like i feel great about our new album i feel like hey you know we're still you know hey we, I, you know i think we still brought something you know but like then you play a show and there's like 50 people and it's like what the hell am i doing man <laughs> but then i'll play then i'll play another show and it'd be a thousand people you know so yeah, it's like right. you know so it's like it's it, it, it's 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 like anything man you know that, that's gonna <laughs> be like a weird it. feeling though where one gig you're in front of thousands of people let's say a festival and then another gig you know you can after each song you're hearing 10 12 people clap you know, that, that has to be a weird feeling it is weird, you know, and that's but that's the name of the game, you know, in yeah, this in yeah. this, in this, in the music game, you know, because right. I've heard it, I've heard it happen to other people, like sure. you know, whoever, you know what I mean. I, I, it's not just us, but you know, it's it, 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 sometimes it can be hard. I, I'm not gonna lie, but you know, uh, you know, it's we still have a lot a lot to 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 accomplish. So I guess that's what keeps us uh, moving forward. You know, does yeah. the does the business side of things interest you at all? Where you just further your own label, start managing other bands, producing other records? Yeah, because you are managing as of bands the last, now, right? 
Yeah, I manage a couple of bands. I'm not like heavy, heavy with the management. Like I got a couple of bands that I really believe in that are, you know, people I consider friends Mm -hmm. and great bands. They have great energy, great music, great songs, you know. So it's like if I can help them out through my experiences, cool. You know what I mean? But it's not like, you know, I'm like full, you know, full blown into that. But I definitely have that thing you know that side of things going on and you know i have that production thing where i do you know uh, black and blue bowl every year in new york and you know you know i produce a few shows throughout the year and that's actually cool because it's like you know i'm giving back to the whole thing and like you know it's it's still it's still related to, to 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 our to our culture you know what i mean it's still all relative to that you know um so yeah, I mean, you know, I'm involved in quite a few things, and as of the last bunch of years, I have been. The business side is sort of exciting, a new exciting thing for me, you know. No doubt, no doubt. Well, hey, man, we really appreciate it you coming on the show, spending so much time with us. Where can people find out more about your new record and just your band in general and tour dates? I mean, I guess the Facebook would probably be the 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 best place. Madball NY. NYC, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not that's, NYC. That's the page. That's the page you're never on, right? The one you're wasting. <laughs> that's the one I, never, I, I have. A, I don't even have the login. The other, day, the other day, the dude was like, "Hey, I need to get in there to do something," and none of that. And I had to, I had to get my web guy. I had to ask him to give my other guy that works with me uh, the login info because I don't even have it. And and I'm like, you know, whatever, you know. But it, it's cool, man. You know, uh, that's definitely the place. To, to to check us out yeah. and um you know that you guys have a youtube channel and, and i encourage yes, people to check yes. out the songs on youtube but go Absolutely. buy it afterwards exactly. right? yeah. that's what yeah. i do i go on youtube and i go man that song's killer then i go buy it put it on i actually phone. dig youtube man like i i i, I, I the one thing like internet wise that i can somehow sometimes get myself like in a real frenzy like I'll, I'll start looking up like old hip hop videos or something or like you know what i mean like, and then i'll <laughs> It'll bring you to another video and exactly. another thing. Another guy. <laughs> and next thing you know it, I've been on YouTube for like, uh, you know, I'm like, shit, I better get off this thing. You know? <laughs> well, it's cool because you can go back and find somebody will always have something. Like you said, like, man, I wonder where's that performance when Freddie like performed the first time in CBGB's or whatever. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, exactly. somebody actually posted this? Damn. <laughs> you know, like, who had this VHS? You know, or this Betamax? You see like the scratching <laughs> in, you know, on the screen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all kinds of cool stuff. Old, yeah. you know, whatever, old videos of whatever you're into yeah. you know what i mean so youtube's actually a cool thing and i actually think we could step up our youtube channel but yeah we have one we have the facebook we have um you know the bnb label.com which is my record label you know that's our headquarters and everything madball and associated to you know with me you know you can find it there um yeah you know so through those channels you know and then a place for merchandise i know you guys have t-shirts and other apparel is yeah there, is there a yeah, website five- for that all in merch you know oh, okay five one eight it's all linked into the facebook so it's like if you went there you would see you know who we work with in the states and who we work with in europe and you know uh, you know it's all yeah it's all there man do you have any gigs coming up soon Are you guys touring anywhere in the near future it, we we i leave thursday for the uk and then um after that it's like eastern europe but actually the next thing in the states is in december um, we have a tour that's going to start early December. Um, it's going to be about maybe 11, 12 shows, and that should be a really cool tour. It's actually commemorating Set It Off. Mm. Um, it's going to be the 20th, 20-year 20 anniversary because this year is 20-year anniversary of Set It Off. And so, oh, cool. you know, 
we did a show at This Is Hardcore commemorating that album. We did the album front to back with our original guitarist, Matt Henderson, who wrote, you know, wrote the record with us and blah, blah, blah. Cool. And so that sort of inspired this tour. Mm-hmm. And so we had to do it before the year's up. Otherwise, it's, you know, <laughs> void. <laughs> so, so December is going to be a good, we got a lot of cool bands, younger bands, and then a couple old school bands on the lineup. It's like going to be almost like a traveling mini little festival thing. And that's going to be on the East Coast. Uh, and maybe some Midwest stuff, but uh, yeah, that's the next thing that's going to be happening in the states, which hopefully will be good. Yeah, you know? that that sounds cool. Man. You guys have a great band. I mean, the drummer is, is in particular is exceptional in your band. But, Mikey's great, man. Mikey's yeah. doing his thing, man. He's he's a good dude too. That's that's even you know he's a great drummer, but he's a great guy. Yeah, you know that's you know, equally as as important. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks again, man. We appreciate, appreciate it. You have a great day. Have a great week. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. It was fun talking to you guys. Yeah, absolute pleasure, man. You yeah, take care. Take care, bro. You be well, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You take care. Yep. And again, that's our friend Freddie Madball from one of the New York City legendary bands, Madball. So check them out on Facebook. Check them out on YouTube. If you love intense, aggressive music, you're going to love this band. So definitely give it a shot. Yeah. And then also, you can check out our stuff by using coupon code LLA to go to MikeMahler.com. You can get 10% off best nutrition supplements money can buy, my T-shirts, my apparel, my videos, my e-books. You know, you, you know the drill now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm so tired from this past weekend. I, I, I have to stop for a second and think even what I have on my website. <laughs> and how about with you, man? Same thing, man. Just go to New Warrior Training. Use that coupon code on anything you see that you want to buy that can be bought. Okay, that can be bought. Okay, so just look on those tabs on the top. You'll see products up there, man, and just find it. Plug that thing in. Plug in that coupon code. Get it, man. And uh, yeah, and there you go. I mean, if, you want Cam, if you want Cam Blackburn Mantis, then you're going to have to go to iCamp.net. <laughs> well, the both of us decided collectively and individually not to carry that line uh, on <laughs> yeah. websites. Like we said, we only promote products we use. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks again, man. We'll see you next time. Take care.